From the Florida Bar Studios in Tallahassee, this is Florida Bar News Briefs. I'm your host, Mark Killian. The Florida Bar Foundation will soon distribute roughly $32 million to state organizations providing free civil legal services to those that can't afford them. Alexandra Glorioso has more. Yeah, Mark. The foundation is getting ready to disperse the rest of its IOTA funds by December 31 to legal aid groups across the state. That's up from $7.7 million last year, and on top of the $3.8 million the, the foundation already gave to organizations earlier this year to beef up their pro bono work. The foundation has more money to give out to legal aid groups this year because interest rates have risen along with inflation, yielding more money from the attorney IOTA accounts. Foundation Executive Director Donnie McKenzie says the 34 legal aid groups that received money last year should expect additional foundation grants this year, but at roughly four times the amount. The money is intended to be used to pay for the salaries of attorneys who represent low-income clients for free in areas that affect their basic needs, health and shelter, personal safety, security, and stability. The increased funding seems like a boon to legal aid, but it isn't. For one thing, funding is already low, meeting just about 8% of overall need in both Florida and the nation. The pandemic has also made things harder for low-income families. Additionally, other federal funding sources are expected to drop off next year. Funding from the Federal Victims of Crimes Act, which uses largely white-collar crime fines to pay for compensation and assistance to victims, is expected to decrease statewide by $40 million, and annual dollars from the Federal Legal Services Corporation may go down, too. When Veteran Lawyer Regulation Director John Barry retired from the Florida Bar in 2019, he set its sights on an 11-day Alaskan adventure. Three days into it, life intervened with a serious back injury, an air ambulance ride, and hospitalization. Barry says retirement is never exactly what retirees expect. Roanne Batar has more. Barry and his successor, Lawyer Regulation Director Elizabeth Tarbert, offered retirement advice in the latest Senior Lawyers Committee CLE, Transition to Retirement. When should a lawyer stop being a lawyer? Tarbert says many lawyers are unaware there are different forms of retirement, and Barry says too many older lawyers hang on for too long. Retirement is a process governed by Rule 1-3.5 and involves petitioning the bar's executive director. A lawyer who petitions for permanent retirement cannot be reinstated. But Tarbert says a lawyer who opts for regular retirement may petition the executive director for reinstatement for up to five years after they retire. Reinstatement differs significantly from readmission, which requires approval by the Florida Board of Bar Examiners. Chapter 12 contains a narrow exception for lawyers who want to participate in the Emeritus Lawyers Pro Bono Participation Program, which allows a member to file court papers signed by a supervising attorney, draft legal documents, or give advice at a walk-in clinic. Barry says navigating the rules of retirement can be easier than experiencing the reality of it, as changing a daily routine after 40 years is a major challenge and has a big impact on your relationships. Barry says there's nothing wrong with examining those relationships before you retire, even if that means seeking counseling. Miami-Dade County Judge Steve Leifman received an award from Pope Francis in honor of his work diverting those with mental health issues away from the criminal justice systems and towards treatment programs. Tell us about it, Alex. That's right, Mark. On October 22nd, Archbishop Thomas Winsky awarded Leifman with Pope Francis's Papal Medal Benemerenti in Miami. 
Judge Leifman has worked for decades to ensure mentally ill defendants receive appropriate care. For more than 20 years, he's been pushing for the creation of the Miami Center for Mental Health and Recovery, which is now slated to open in about six months. The new recovery center will treat people with mental health problems who would otherwise cycle through the criminal justice system. Leifman says receiving the award is humbling and is grateful for the light it sheds on the state's most vulnerable who are suffering with serious mental illnesses. As it stands, the Miami-Dade County Jail is the largest psychiatric institution in Florida, according to the Miami Foundation for Mental Health, the philanthropic arm of the center. More than half of the county's jailed population suffers from mental illness. About 11,000 people living in Miami-Dade with serious mental health problems are booked annually, costing taxpayers $636,000 a day or $232 million a year to confine them, according to the foundation. Philanthropist Mackenzie Scott, who has pledged to give away most of her fortune to champion important causes, has gifted legal services of Greater Miami $1.8 million. Rowan? Scott has donated over $14 billion to more than 1,600 nonprofit organizations through Yield Giving, a foundation she established in 2020. She assembled a team to help her connect and vet nonprofit organizations that are making a significant impact in a variety of areas. Legal Services of Greater Miami did not apply for this funding. Therefore, it came as a most unexpected surprise, says Legal Services CEO Monica Vigas-Pitan. She says the funds will better position the organization to sustain its growth and retain its team of attorneys and staff. Legal Services announced the gift to hundreds of supporters during its annual pro bono celebration last week. Being a new parent is never easy, and a demanding legal job and a health scare doesn't help. Alex? Thanks, Mark. When Jocelyn Johnson's son, Abraham, was just 12 days old, he came down with RSV, a serious illness for babies, and had to be hospitalized for three weeks. Johnson, a first-time mom, never left his side and at times doubted her life would ever go back to the way it was. Abraham survived. They returned home. But Johnson felt different. And everywhere they went, she was looking for signs of anything that can make her son sick. She said it was a struggle and experienced postpartum anxiety, always anxious and on alert. Abraham was stabilizing by the time Johnson returned to her new firm, Marshall Dennehy, in Fort Lauderdale in January. Still, the transition back to work was hard. Some of the firm's policies made it easier, though. For one thing, she was given a lock on her door so that she could pump breast milk. She was able to work from home twice a week. Her husband, also an attorney, has the same setup at his firm. And finally, she was given fewer billable hours for a few months after maternity leave, which she said really helped. A new study released by the American Bar Association that surveyed more than 8,000 lawyers across the country shows that, quote, 42% of mothers report that the number of required hours is a reason to leave their law firm. Conversely, having a work schedule that fits their caretaking commitments for children was a reason for 60% of mothers of dependent children to stay at their firm, according to the report. Almost half of the mothers surveyed who work in law firms said they were provided a designated lactation room, but just 3% said they were given on-site childcare. And large firms like Johnson's have welcomed hybrid working policies since the pandemic, per the study. As the baby's health got better, so did Johnson's anxiety. He's doing so well that she's now taking him to the park four times a week where the ground's soft to practice walking. 
Johnson may even enroll him in music classes, where she hopes to meet other working parents. Even after all her own lived experience, she still has a burning question for them. What is your secret? For more on these and other stories of interest to the profession, visit floridabar.org slash news. Florida Bar News Briefs is a production of the Journal and News Department. For Rowan Batar, Alexandra Glorioso, and our crack producer Clay Shaw behind the glass, I'm Mark Killian. (laughs) 